Hebrews chapter 13. Hebrews chapter 13. Been praying for you today. Praying for you, believing for your prosperity. Among about preaching uh, the part of the gospel that is the prosperity part. Uh, reminds me of something I was uh, actually when uh, Pastor Richard and Pam were still pastoring their church, they'd asked me to come and, and minister and I was lying across the bed to just check my heart, rest and fellowshipping with the Lord and that's when God gave me the statement lying there across the bed that I put in my, uh, that's one of the statements I put in my prosperity book was no minister has preached the full gospel until he has preached the prosperity part. Amen. And that no believer, he said, has heard the full gospel until he or she has heard the prosperity part. Because prosperity is part of the gospel. Amen. We're not turning there, but Luke 4, 18, Jesus said he preached it everywhere he went. That was his custom. That was the first sermon he preached when he went into a synagogue or a city or a village. He said, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he hath anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. Amen. So praise God. And, uh, but, so we've been preaching on this subject for a number of weeks, specifically talking about ministering along the line of being qualified for increase. And if there weren't any qualifiers for increase, we would all be increasing. There'd be no believers that were stagnating. Because we, we have reflected in the will of God over and over and over again, God's heart and God's desire. Psalm 112, it's either Psalm 112 or 115, you'd have to check me on it. But uh, the psalmist said uh, that you shall increase us more and more. Right? Just more and more. The Lord has been mindful of, of us. Uh, those small and great, those that fear Him, uh, that God will increase us more and more. Amen. The Bible says that there was a day in uh, Isaac's life where he began to prosper. And then it says he kept on prospering until he became very prosperous. So much so that the Philistines, the sinners, envied him. So I love that, right? There ought to be a time in our life where we begin to prosper. And then we just keep on prospering. Until we become very prosperous. And we'll know when we arrive when sinners begin to envy you. In the life you're living. In every regard. Amen. Spiritual, but including your material life. So we're learning. We're learning about what we need to do to position ourselves. The kind of character. The kind of mindset. The kind of discipline. The kind of heart that we have to have as believers. To be able to be a, to be a vessel. To be a channel through which God can trust wealth with, that He can entrust great riches and, and great abundance to us. Now, when I say that, I just mean a whole lot more than what you need. Amen. I, I like the way Dr. Leroy Thompson said it one time. He said, one dollar on the other side of your bills is prosperity. <laughs> right? <laughs> one dollar on the other side of your bills is prosperity. Glory to God, because now you got, you, you got your stuff taken care of, and you got a dollar that can be, that is at God's disposal, that you can do something extra with. Amen. And uh, so anyway, we hope that you've been getting some things out of this, and we're going to move forward with it tonight. So Hebrews chapter 13, 
verse 5 and 6. We've read this the last couple of weeks, but I wanted to read it again. And it says in the King James, Let your conversation be without covetousness. Now, we use the word conversation, but not like this, right? This word conversation means your lifestyle. Your lifestyle. The Amplified says, Let your character and your moral disposition be free from the love of money. So we as Christians, we should be purposefully working with, cooperating with the Holy Ghost and the Word of God, amen, to develop a character that is free from covetousness, free from greed, free from envy. That we could be around someone who has the very thing we have long desired. And we don't have it, but they do. And rejoice with them and be glad for them, and shout with them, and enjoy that with them, but not envy them, not have a bad attitude. And the only thing we're going to let that circumstance show us is our Father did it for them. My Father will do it for me. Amen. Praise God. We do not need to love money. We should not be serving money. We love God. We love people. And we're serving God and the plan of God and other people. Amen. Money is a tool. That's that's all you need. Money is a tool. I don't worship my hammer. I don't worship my saw. It serves me. I, I I don't, my hammers and my tools, they don't get all the attention. I pick them up when I need them. And I do what I want to with them. And then I lay them back down. Amen. Praise God. And I'm not tempted at all to sacrifice the plan of God, amen, or, or put my tool, put a tool in the place of my Father. Because they're not the same. They don't compare. Amen. And one of the things I hope that you've seen and heard in these teachings is that covetousness uh, is something that we've all dealt with. Amen. Don't think that you don't have temptation to deal with being covetous. Amen. We all have. But it is not necessary. We'll see that more again tonight. It is not necessary that we fall prey to this sin. Because we have a God, we have a Heavenly Father who knows we have need of what we have need of. And when it comes to our wants and our desires, if we'll delight ourselves in Him, the Bible says He gives us the desires of our heart. If If we really believe that, we really believe that there would be really no temptation for us to be covetous or greedy or envious or selfish. Amen. Amen. Now, I've learned in walking with God, in any given moment or season, I might not have what I want, but I always have what I need. I always have what I need. Always. I have never, since I started walking with God, never not had what I needed. Now, I might be looking at tomorrow and wondering how I'm going to make tomorrow, but today? I look around today, and I got food today. I got got everything I need today. And what did Jesus say about tomorrow? Don't worry about tomorrow. Don't worry about tomorrow. Well, then when tomorrow became today, you know what I found out? I had everything I needed for that day. Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. So, to qualify for all of the levels of prosperity and increase and provision and 
and uh, resources that God would like to bring to you and bring through you. Amen. We have to develop this characteristic of, uh, I'm not impressed with money. Whether someone has a lot or little, I love the person. I love the person. And I'm me, whether I'm fellowshipping with someone in a palatial mansion, I'm not intimidated by that. Amen. And I'm not walking around, you know, uh, hoity-toity if, so, if I'm around someone uh, who's living in, you know, a condition that's less than. Yes. Amen. Amen. Because people are people. Right. And the Bible says, God is, the Bible's very strong that we uh, are not to mistreat the poor. We're not to judge the poor. We're not to abuse the poor. The Bible says uh, something along the line of he that abuses the poor uh, injures his maker. I mean, you know, God is the maker. He's the author. He didn't make them poor, but he authored that person's life. And he cares about them. We really should not be making poor jokes. One way to go down is to make fun of someone who has less than you. But it's equally as wrong to be intimidated by someone who's got more than you. Amen, and insecure about it. Hallelujah. I mean, whenever I got to be around, I got to go to Dr. Dufresne's when they had uh, what they call the La Cresta House. It was a palatial, palatial home. And they lived there for about four years before God uh, put it on Pastor Nancy's heart to sell that, which they did. Uh, I got to be there one time. I, 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 didn't, I didn't get offended at what they had. It inspired me. He's way out. I thought, if this is what faithfulness to God will do in the ministry, I'm all about it. Yes. Amen. 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 I, if he could have it, I can have it. That's just the way I look at it. Amen. Praise God. Well, let's just keep reading here. We're in Hebrews 13. We read verse 5. That we should have a, a lifestyle that is without covetousness. We should be content with such things as we have. For God has said, now here's the why, here's why we, we don't need to be discontented. For He has said, I will never leave you, and I will never forsake you. And he's, what's the context? It's, it's prosperity, it's financial stuff. We don't, you know, there's a, I guess you can covet, He said don't covet a neighbor's wife or, you know, anything like that. But we have no need to covet, why? Because we have God that will never forsake us. He will never leave us. Verse 6 says, So that we may boldly say, The Lord is my helper. He is my helper. The Lord is my helper. He helps me. I don't know about y'all, but He helps me in every area. When my body needs help, I look to Him and He helps me. Amen. When my mind and emotions need help, I look to Him. He's Jehovah Shalom. He's the Lord my peace. The Lord is my helper. And the helper, the Holy Ghost, lives on the inside of every one of us who is born again. He said, I will not fear what man shall do to me. Now, of course, the Amplified of that is just so wonderful, right? He said, I'll never leave you. I will not, I will not, I will not. I'll never let down my hold on you. I won't relax my hold on you. I'll never let you down. I will never leave you without support. Now, I mean, economically, I was alive in the 70s when they had gas lines and rising interest rates. And uh, I, I remember 
uh, adults talking about interest rates for mortgages, 18%, 19%, 20%. I remember when Amber and I bought our uh, first home. What year did we buy that? 99? Something like that. 99? Something like that. Uh, we were thrilled to get seven, seven and a half. We thought that was great. And my interest rate on my home is less than half of that today. You know, so we've lived in spoiled times for that. But I, well, I'm saying, as an adult, we're living through times now, naturally speaking, uh, we've not seen in, in a generation. I've never lived through this. You know, where a, a one gallon of paint cost me today at the store, cost me today, what a five-gallon bucket of paint cost me several years ago. Fifty bucks. Fifty bucks for one gallon of paint. Yeah. I mean, I've got over $600 in paint in one bedroom. I mean, that's just... We've not lived, you know, whether, whether you want to talk about spam prices. My wife always comes home talking about what spam cost her this... What, what did spam cost us this, this week or whatever? And, and, and not, in a, not in a worried fashion, but in a shocked, like, what kind of a fashion, you know? And uh, so these are, these are different days. But thank God, I, what does the word say? I will never. I will never leave you without support. And it means any kind of support, but the context, the truest context of this passage, amen, is things that you would covet. Amen. Talking about your financial life. Amen. So if I end up having to pay $30 for a three-can pack of Spam, or I don't know, I would just buy it. Because if the Cody's wants, we don't have to eat Spam, but sometimes we just want to. Amen. And if Dr. Hadball's watching, just, just be quiet. <laughs> Hallelujah. Praise God. Amen. Uh, but I love this, you know, this goes on, and says, The Lord is my helper, I will not fear. What can man do to me? Amen? The New Living Translation of verse 5, the first phrase says, Don't love money. Amen? Don't love money. So we have a God, amen, who's committed to us. And it doesn't matter what the circumstances are in the natural. Amen? We don't need to fear. And we don't need to covet. We can live free from the love of money and free from worry. In fear and anxiety, praise God because of who our Father is. Now, let's go to Philippians chapter number 4 and get into something tonight. Philippians chapter 4. And uh, another qualifier I want to discuss tonight is making God your source. Making God your source. And this, that's just something that is so easy to give lip service to. Yeah, God's my source. But... <laughs> Is he really to you when it matters? Amen. And uh, this is something that as much as you can, you know, muster in your heart all the sincerity, and you could say, God is my source, and I we would not doubt your sincerity. But this is something that we can be much deeper, we can root ourselves deeper in. We can become just like righteousness. I know I'm the righteousness of God in Christ, but I could be more I could have a greater revelation of that. I could be more deeply rooted in that truth I've already embraced. Well, I, I, I'm sincere in my heart when I say God is my source. 
But I want to be more firmly rooted in that truth. Amen. And um, it's, it's a qualifier. When God looks at you and sees that really, really, really you are looking to Him and no one and nothing else, then you've, you've come another way toward being trustworthy with stuff and things. Remember I said that God blesses people with things who love Him and trust Him more than they do things. Amen. Well, let's look at two verses here in Philippians 4, a chapter I know you got marked up. I know that you, uh, amen. If you've had a Bible very long, you've got passages marked up in this chapter. And look at verse 6. It says, be careful for nothing. Now, we were there Sunday morning on a, focusing on the anxiety part, right? Be careful or be anxious for nothing. But in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to the pastor. To your wife, to your husband, to your boss, to the government. Are, are we directed as Christians where we're supposed to make our requests known? We're supposed to make our requests known unto God. And this is one of the marks of someone who's developing in faith. The, most of the people around them don't know what they need. A faith person doesn't go around blabbing to everybody about their problems and their needs and what they're believing for. They don't drop faith hints. They have corporate prayer time, get down there right beside them, you know. <laughs> Believe with me, brother. You know, dropping, dropping hints. Yeah, that's, that's, that's evil, that's wicked, that's wrong, that's bad. That should not be, but it, it happens. It happens. Someone doing that, is God their source? They're showing you who they think their source is. And you've got to be careful when you have a need and you're under pressure and you get around someone who has the ability to meet that need. You need to be very, I need to be very careful about what I say and how I act around that person. What if God might really want to use them? Well, he'll cut that short. He won't deal with them if I'm working them. God, the Spirit of God is never behind any, He's not motivating anyone to manipulate or to shame or to guilt trip someone into helping them. That's the devil that would be motivating that kind of attitude and, and thing. So we are to make our requests known unto God. Why? Because He's the one being, no matter what you're talking about, no matter how impossible, no matter how big, He is the one being who can take care of it. Amen. 
Amen. And really, I mean, if you're just sincere and honest, you probably could look back and see times where you put pressure on people. Amen. To do something for you. And they didn't even have the, really the ability to do what you needed done. But you want someone you can see. That's right. You want someone you can see. You want to look in the white of their eyes. You want someone that could get there in, the, in their emotions with you. Well, we're to walk by faith, not by sight. We've got to learn to really trust this God we can't see, this God we can't feel. Amen. All right, let's get over to verse 19. We know this one. But look at it. There's, there's a lot of light here. There's a lot of, of, of revelation in this verse we've not, we've not even touched yet. Notice what it says. But my God. Who? My God. Did Paul say my ministry? My benevolence fund? My accountant? My God? My God? G-O-D. My God shall Supply. Who's going to do it? My God. My God shall supply all your need. Amen? Now notice, it's according to His riches. Not mine. Amen? Not the government's. You know, our government, our federal government's over $30 trillion in the red. <laughs> yeah. You know, the only thing going for them is that they have a printer with a lot of ink. That, that, that's the, but that, that, that dog don't hunt forever. <laughs> Foolish to make government your source. Foolish. 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 To look to government. Vote for politicians who promise you more goodies. Foolish. Unnecessary. My God shall supply all my needs. And it's according to His riches in glory by Christ Jesus. So the reason we want to make and keep God our only source, He is our source, He is my source is because when God is my source, my needs will be met according to His ability, not yours. See, if you were looking at me, to me, to do something for you, it would only be according to my ability. I can only meet your needs according to my riches in Cody Jesus, you know, I, I, I can only meet, I can only do for you out of my ability, out of my resources. So if you're looking to me, I feel sorry for you. Amen? Thank God the ministry, the ministry's coming up. But see again, if you look to the ministry as your bailout in times of pressure, we're happy to help when we can. When God leads, we're happy to do it. We have done it. We will do it more. We, were, we will do it bigger. Amen. But on the other side, if the people begin to look to, well, if I get in a tight spot, I know the pastor and the ministry is blessed, so 
we could, only, we could only minister to your need out of the ministry's ability. Amen. So see, when you get firmly rooted and established in God being your source, you have tapped into limitlessness. Yes. He has unlimited resources, unlimited supply, unlimited ability. So it's not just according to His riches, it's according to His ability. And there's nothing He cannot do. There is no bill He cannot pay. There is no, sir, there is no need He cannot meet. And He's so big, all of my needs... He meets them, and he meets all of Kamal's need, and he's able to meet all of Amen's need, and all of Noel's need, and all of uh, the whole planet, and not tax his ability or his wallet at all. We need to make sure we're looking, amen, to the source. This is another reason why we don't have to covet, amen? I don't have to covet what another believer has, Amen? If it's good, it came from God. And their God that blessed him with that good thing is my God. We all have, listen, we all have, none of us as God's children are at a disadvantage. We all have the same Father. We all have access to the same source. Amen. I'm getting a few of you on board with me, but I, I about preached myself happy already. Amen. 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 Glory to God. I was thinking, okay, $1 million to pay the building off. Okay, $1 million to pay the building off. What kind of pressure would that put on God's resources? I don't even think it would equal him dropping a quarter and not even realizing he dropped it. Seriously, I mean, it's nothing, nothing, nothing to him. So here's the thing. We receive, this says, my God shall supply. My God shall supply all your need. Well, we receive a, a supply from him according to his riches, according to his ability, but there's also a second factor, and it's our faith. Our faith in him matters. Those are the two big things. God meets our needs according to His riches and glory by Christ Jesus. But it's also according to my faith in Him and His faithfulness and ability to do that. And I can't say with sincerity, none of us could, that I am believing Him to supply my need while at the same time looking to other people and putting pressure on other people and telling people everywhere I go what I'm going through, what I'm believing for, trying to get that out there as much as possible, trying to help God along. God don't need your help. God doesn't need your help, does He? I love what Pastor Nancy says. She's got such a revelation in so many things in this area too. But she said, keep your mind off how God's going to do it. Because if you let your mind go to this particular thing, that's how God's going to do it, He won't do it that way. If He was going to do it that way, He changed His mind now. Because you're looking to that. Here's another thing. If God's our source, we don't get all caught up with channels. 
and avenues that he uses. You, you can, your job is not your source. Husbands, guys, gals too. Your job is not your source. Now how rooted we are in that. We can sit here with a job and no threat of losing it and shout amen, I believe it. But if we lost our job and fell apart, then we would testify, right? That we don't really believe that God is our source. Don't get overly, don't marry your channel. Don't, don't marry, I, I mean, just get overly attached to a channel, an avenue that God has decided to use. He, he is no doubt using your job. He'll use people. He'll use all kinds of things. But if it falls out, if it changes, when the brook dried up for Elijah the prophet, God didn't sweat, did he? And I, I can't tell that Elijah sweated. God just told him, get yourself to Zarephath. I'll just, that dried up, I'll use something else. In fact, in doing this, I won't just bless the, the dry riverbed. I'll, I'll, I got another lady, and we'll work something out, and I'll get to bless her too. God's got ways. You just get your head off of it. Now, you should pray, and you should be led, and you should walk in the light of the Word. I have met people. I have met people that sat on their couch with their bills in arrears with eviction notices posted on their door, who said to me, I don't understand, Pastor. I'm confessing every day my God supplies all my need. Well, I've preached on that before, too. That's, you're violating all kinds of Scripture to do that kind of silly thing. If you don't work, you don't eat. I said, if you don't work, the Bible says you don't eat. Why'd you quit that job? Well, I didn't enjoy it. You didn't enjoy it. Do you enjoy eating? I quit. I didn't like it. They talk, they talk mean to me. You little baby. Well, don't be, looking to the, don't be looking to me as your channel now. You quit a good job. I fed people because they quit a good job that they didn't like. But they still wanted to eat. Oh, see how quiet it gets, Miss Cheryl? Amen. You know, when uh, we really find out how we're doing, when a need shows up, you could test yourself. Who's my source? Where do you run? Who and what do you look to? What do you put pressure on when you got a bill due two days from now and you don't see any way that that could come to being? Where are you running? You know, God dealt with me. He said, son, you got a good credit score. You got credit limit. You got credit card. You could swipe your, and you're, and, but so I got, you just so easy to get in the habit of, okay, I, I need this. Swipe. Swipe. Well, that little blue card, that little Chase Freedom, well, that little card becomes, that becomes your out. That becomes what you look to. That becomes what you lean on. There's all kinds of problems with that. Did God tell you? 
Did you ask him? Or are we presuming, swipe, oh God, here's another need. Oh God, there's an... I got myself in plenty of trouble plenty of times doing that. I'm, I'm over that. We're, we're done with that. We pay ours every month now. Amen. See, part of really God day-to-day being your source is you look to Him, you're talking to Him, you're checking with Him about all your money, all your stuff. You know, a lot of Christians, they testify God's not their source because they're testifying about that. They're, they're sending out that message by how they treat God and they treat His things. I mean, if, if God was your golden goose, you, you, you take care of the golden goose. You could, you could ta- I'm going to take care of the thing that's taking care of me. I tell my staff, you be sweet to the people. You be sweet to the people. They, their God is using them and their tithe and their offering to pay your, pay your salary. So I don't care if you like them or not. You be sweet. Right? We're, we're, in this case, we're talking about a channel. We're talking about a, you know a, a channel that God uses to take care of the staff. Amen. Well, we're going to take care of that. Amen. Well, people don't tithe, they don't honor God, they don't read His Word, they don't talk to Him, they don't check to Him. God's not their source. They, they take every opportunity to miss church, to go chase money. God's not their source. They can give lip service and wave the hanky and shout amen in service when they're there all they want. But, but if, if, if a, a career advancement opportunity or come to church and serve in the ministry of helps and be faithful, amen, and the career wins out all the time, that's, that's your God right there. That, that's, that's your source right there. That's what you're taking care of. I'm going to take care of the one who's promised to pay my bills, heal my body, protect my children, keep me from death, keep me from the evil one. I, I'm going I'm to make sure he's happy before anyone is happy. Because I'm looking to him. He's the one that's sustaining me and causing people to come and projects to be advanced and funded. And Amen. He's the one that's put me in my home and put me in my... i got to take care of him because he's my source. Amen. Thank you. When we look to anyone other than God as our source, then we are limiting ourselves. What can we do? If, if, I, if I articulated my ministry vision based on the number of people I have in the ministry, the number of partners I have, and what they give and how, how, how they're doing financially and all of that, I'd have small vision. But my vision's not according to your tithe. For me and many pastors, the congregation is their source. Offerings are their source. And pastors have to work on that. Because what if God told them to get out on the road and go into field ministry? What are you going to do then? You know when I, get really, I really get tested, is God my source? Is when winter weather causes service cancellations. Now, I trust my wife could testify that I'm growing in, in measures and do it, but I don't 
Did you ever like that? I don't like it. I don't like it when we don't gather and the people don't come and offerings are not received because the bills will be there Monday whether the people met and gave or not. And everybody else is enjoying like Sarah. She prays for snow. She, she wants the whole world shut down for days on end. Everett, Jennifer too. And I, they're praying for it. I'm rebuking them. We have this Facebook war all the time. I have, I have approved snow days, Miss Chelsea. Sunday after 1 o'clock, it can snow. Monday, fine. Tuesday, fine. Went, nope. 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 Amen. Thursday, it could, whatever. Thursday, Friday, Saturday, no. And everyone else, they're enjoying games in the fireplace and family and fellowship. And in years gone by, I'm just telling you, pastor's lost his joy. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. The mortgage has got to be paid. And oh, my God. Oh. And, you know, it's not just a faith in God problem. I'm just telling all myself, God, God in dealing with me, he said, you know, dealing with me about trusting him, he said, have your people ever forsaken you? Have your people ever not been faithful? He wanted me to have faith in him, but he also had, why don't you have faith in them? Yeah. Oh, I, yeah, I have all kinds of very edifying conversations with the Father. Well, amen. Well, how do you act when you get forced layoff? If, that, if that's ever happened to you. Amen. We, that's when you find out if, if you really believe. Amen. The acid test, the rubber meets the road test about where you are is when pressure's on and they don't see any way to pay that bill. Where do you run? Who do you talk to? If you call it mama, you know, <laughs> mama. I did that once, got under pressure and took a, took a loan out from my parents. <laughs> you know? And, uh, well, I'm looking to them. I like something that Brother Keith Moore said. He said, faith, real faith, never puts pressure on people. See, if you're really in faith about your need being met, that my God supplies all my need, including this one I'm facing, you are at rest. You have entered into his rest. My wife never had a problem with that. She said, oh, okay, well. Let's play games. Let's let's have fire. Let's have co let's have cocoa like Sarah's having cocoa. And I'm fine. <laughs> but I'm better now. I, I'm better now. I don't think my blood pressure would register any change. Over years, God has proven Himself, shown Himself faithful to me. Amen. And uh, into this church. You know, people come, people go, and it's like one pastor said, typically it's, it's never been any exception that when people leave the church, they take their wallets with them. <laughs> when you said they do. Yeah, I, have you ever had an exception? You ever had an exception? I'm leaving the church. I don't like this church anymore. Here's my wallet. Hit my credit card with my tithe every week. No, they take their wallet with them. They take their wallet, take their wallet with them. And yet when you sign your name, to fund the vision, $1.2 million. 
you're committing to a monthly payment peaking at $12,200 a month. And we don't have that payment anymore. But that's, that's what we paid. For, oh, 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 oh. I don't know what your mortgage is, but $12,200 every month. God paid that. He paid that. Yeah, with this group here. And less than this group. Amen. Well, God, God didn't act like he couldn't do it. This is a big thing. You know, if, if you're going to just have God as your source, you're going to be, what did he say? What did he say? Did he say, take that loan? <laughs> did he say, buy that car? Did he say, give that offering? Did, what did he say? Because he's my source. There's, you know, hopefully there's a lot of freedom that can come. Um, don't let anyone start looking to you as their source. You are not your children's source. Amen. <laughs> Amen. That's right, Sister Jennifer. You are not your children's source. I am a pipe. I am a pipe that supply flows through to my children in this season because of responsibilities I have. Amen. But I don't take the weight of that. I'm not going to take the weight of that on myself as a husband or I am not my wife's. I, this, a lot of marriage comes up, you know, problems come up. Honey, I want. And the honey doesn't feel like we should spend the money on that right now. And so spouses are putting pressure on their spouse to get them something they want or need. Why are you doing that? Your spouse is not your source. If she says, no, I don't think we should spend money on that right now, we don't because we're in covenant together, we're in agreement, but that doesn't mean I can't have it. <laughs> that doesn't mean I can't get it. She's not my source. I am not her source. Husbands and wives should not be. You know, there's an example in Genesis, you remember when Jacob, he's married to Leah and Rachel. Is that right, Rachel? And uh, Leah starts having babies first. So she starts cranking out kids. And, yeah, and Rachel can't have any. And so it's in Genesis 30, around verse 1 and 2. And she comes to him and she says, Jacob, give me children lest I die. Now that's pressure. They didn't have Viagra back then or nothing. I mean, nothing. She says, give me children. Now, he didn't say this to her, but obviously he's doing his part. Because Leah's having no problem. And Jacob says to her, I am not God. <laughs> Amen. And that's what we need to say sometimes to people. You should not be talking to me about this. You should be talking to God. I am not your source. I am not your source. 
She doesn't want to buy you that shotgun. You can still get it. You can still get it. Amen. He won't buy you that KitchenAid mixer you want to make all that perota at your house. I mean, you can still get it, girl. You have a father. Right? Amazon, oh, yeah. I know that's right. You are generous. She does. She works that Amazon account, doesn't she? And she's probably got the gold platinum thing with Kohl's, too. I mean, she's probably got enough. She could probably pay my house off in Kohl's cash. Well, she got an impartation from Pastor Nancy. Pastor Nancy said it's at Christmas every day at my house. She orders something every day from Amazon. She likes going to the mailbox having something to open. But how much fighting does go on? Kids putting pressure on their parents. I am not my children's source. Now, at the same time, I've never told Faith Rex or Ryan, we can't afford, I, I can't even say that. I, Dr. Frank taught me, we don't say those words. I have a father with unlimited, there ain't no, can't afford nothing. But if I didn't have the money on hand, or our, our money was being redirected to other priorities. I never said, I've never said to my kids, they can't have that, that they want. When, I mean, Ryan, she didn't need one. She got in her head. She wanted an iPad Pro. She, she wanted one of these, one the new one when it came out. I didn't tell her she couldn't have it. Now, she doesn't even get an allowance. She, she doesn't. And I said, well, she just kept talking to me about, Dad, Dad, Dad. I said, what do you even want it for? I just want it. Well, I said, finally, I just said, honey, why don't you just pray and believe God? She, and she goes, okay. And she went and did. I think the base model at Best Buy was like $900. Then you got to have the case for it so you don't break it and the little pencil and everything that goes with it and all that. And, and so before long, she, she, I said, how much money you got? She said, I got another 100 I got another 100 here. Oh, Where did you even get that? I, you know, whatever. And then she got to where she had about $450. And then all of a sudden, Dad's heart got moved by the Lord. I was not inclined to do it before. And I said, uh, I'll do the other half. But see, she wasn't putting pressure on me. She wasn't putting pressure on me. She putting pressure on me, I'm not, I'm not her source. I mean, Rex, where's, he's got, he's got them on tonight. I don't know, sometimes you don't even want to say it because people get offended. But he's got a pair of Louis Vuitton sneakers, high tops. They are fresh, aren't they? And I, we went shopping, he bought those sneakers. Well, I didn't buy them for him. I didn't buy them for him. Mama didn't buy them for him. We're not going into credit card debt for, you know, Louis Vuitton. Lou have to wait. <laughs> You're just not going to do that. Amen. He, he mowed grass. He believed God. He tithed. He gives. He saved money. And he bought them. Put them on. See, but my kids don't. We didn't put it in them that they think small and they think chintzy and they think poor and you can't have them. There's something that, that's too big, something's too high, or they ought not have it. 
but if they've got the faith in God to do it. Faith didn't want to, she didn't want to beat her for her first car. Now, I, I got a beater for my first car. My, I didn't even get to pick it out. I, didn't, I wasn't there shopping. My mom, I was at a track meet. And my mom drove up in this ugly, I mean ugly, two-door, royal blue, 1981 Cutlass Oldsmobile Supreme. Blue mag wheels, blue cloth felt seats, and I mean less than a four-slender. It had a squirrel under the hood with a heart problem. If I wanted to go fast, I had to push. It was bad. I wanted a Monte Carlo with the what? The 350. I don't know engines, but I think there's a big one. You know, but I didn't get that. I didn't have faith in God, and I had cheap mom. <laughs> God rest her soul. She was. I didn't think she was at the time. But, you know, when you get older, you have perspective. And I look back, that woman had money. We had money. And she kept it for herself. I had to charge lunches at the cafeteria to have any money to do anything. So I would get hungry and I'd eat, but I'd charge. You know, I got, I'll pay you later. Charge it, my cafeteria lunch. And then at the end of the semester, I had to pay. I got my, they sent the bill to Mama, and I got in big trouble, but at least I had a little extra money. My mom gave me $5 for the whole week in the 90s. And I had a car with a girlfriend. I mean, what are you going to do? She's just cheap. But Faith didn't want to beat her for a car. But I've, we're not making all her payment for her. Never, 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 never did. But we're glad to help her, and we do help her some, but that's her faith. See what I mean? Praise God. Hallelujah. Let's go to Psalm and just look at a couple of scriptures. I know where time goes. We're almost out of time. Hallelujah. But see, when you learn to make God your source, then uh, you, you live a life... When God is someone's source, they're fun to be around. It's not fun to be around someone who wants you to be their source all the time. <laughs> right? That's just no fun. You go somewhere and you know they think you pay it. I, I, just, I don't like that. Amen. I was always, I just, I guess it's the way I was raised. I pay my own way. My mom was cheap, so I had to pay my own way. <laughs> there was this little dive of a cafe on my way between, it was about a 12-minute drive between my house and the schoolhouse, and the 55-mile-hour highway, you know, just straight country road, really. And But it was called Libby's Cafe. I mean, a greasy dive. I mean, it was bad. And uh, But anyway, uh, I would stop there, and the lady hired me. I'd stop on my way home from school. And uh, I would take out all the trash. I'd clean the little restroom. I'd had to clean the grease trap out, and I had to sweep and mop the floor. You know, and if I really, really hoofed it, I could do all that in about an hour, and she paid me $4.50. Yeah, you think you got it bad. $4.50. So between that five days a week, I had almost $20, plus my mama's $5.00. Plus about 
$15 I charged on my account getting free lunch. Well, I mean, I could go a few places and, you know, go to a movie every now and then. But say, I'll work. if I want something, I had to work for it. Yeah. But I, I, I just, I like having God. God is my source. And he'll, he wants to take us further. He wants to take us to new levels. And he wants to prove himself wonderful and good. And he wants to fulfill your dreams. And he wants to use you to build the kingdom. And he doesn't ever want you to stop trusting him, believing him, and going to new heights. Dreaming big dreams and living a big life and helping people in big ways. Where did I tell you to go? Psalm 27. Let's just look at a few of these scriptures in Psalms and then we'll be done. <clears throat> Psalm 27, verse 1. The Lord. Everyone say, the Lord. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord. Who? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? Amen. Skip all the way down to verse 13, 14. I had fainted unless I had believed to see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Wait on the Lord. The Young's literal translation says, Look to the Lord. Look to the Lord. Don't look for the next politician to come up. Don't, don't look for loan forgiveness. Don't look for handouts. Look to the Lord. Look to the Lord. Be of good courage. I mean, it's going to take, it takes faith to live like this. It takes faith to be under pressure and yet not tell everybody you're around. Amen. But the Cody family doesn't get up here. You don't hear us. We tell you about the pressure times after they're over and it's over and delivered and there's nothing you can do about it. God already brought us. We don't get up here in the midst of it and air out all of our laundry. Now some people, all their life is like, you know, on YouTube or whatever. You should stop that. But anyway, wait on the Lord, look to the Lord, be of good courage, and He shall strengthen your heart. Wait, I say, on the Lord, or look to the Lord. Go to Psalm 118 real quick. Psalm 118. Praise God. Who's your source? God is your source. Is He big enough? Come on, can He meet my need and at the same time meet your need too? Absolutely. Praise God. Psalm 118, verse 8 and 9. It is better to trust in the Lord than to put confidence in man. Do we get this? Come on, don't put confidence in, your, in man. Don't put confidence in a banker. Don't put confidence in your credit score. Don't put confidence in your own ability to work and make money. Who's giving you the strength? Who's giving you breath? Who's giving you the next heartbeat? That's right. I mean, if God doesn't sustain us, we ain't going to be sustained. It is better to trust in the Lord than to put confidence in man. See, we're putting pressure on others, looking to others, because we don't really believe He can get the money to us on time. 
But you need to prove that out in your own life. I have in mind, I am in mind, but he will, t- he will be faithful to you. You ought to just, even something you want, you should just practice this. Something you need or something you want. Don't tell another human being. So that there's no possible way. No possible, just you and him. You just verbalize it only to him. And watch him. It, what, a, what a boost to your faith that is. You didn't tell a soul. Brother Keith Warren talked about, uh, he saw, he didn't even play guitar, but he saw an ultra-rare, I don't remember how he described it, an ultra-rare Gibson guitar. They only made a few of them. And uh, he, he, he saw one. He got off by himself, he said, and didn't tell his wife, didn't tell another human being. He said, Father, I'd like to have one of those. I would like to have one of those. Would you, I'm asking you, would you cause one of those, and he named that kind of Gibson guitar, cause that to come into my possession. He never told his wife, never told a thing. Well, a couple years go by. And he's, you know, not even thinking about it, really. He comes out, he, I don't know where he is, but he comes out to the parking lot where his car was, and on the trunk of the car is a guitar case. Nobody around, nobody standing there with a guitar case. It's just sitting there in the parking lot on the trunk of the car. He walks over and opens it up, and it is, it is to the T. It is exactly, the, they only made a few of them. It is one of those. He said he just flipped out and just praised God, worshiped God all night. He doesn't even know how to play. He doesn't, he just wanted one. But how awesome, how awesome is God? How good is God? How wonderful is God? Prove him. He loves you. He'll do for you. Amen. It is better to trust in the Lord than to put confidence in man. It is better to trust in the Lord than to put confidence even in princes. Princes are rich people. Princes are people with influence and ability and power. God is better. Almost done. Psalm 121. Psalm 121. Here the psalmist said, I will lift up my eyes unto Chase Visa. No. <laughs> I will lift up mine eyes unto the hills. Now, we don't look to no hills in the New Testament. Amen? I'll tell you where we look in a minute. Notice, but notice verse 2. My help cometh from the Lord. My help comes from the Lord. My help comes from the Lord. Well, what if people are against you? My help comes from the Lord. What if they're conspiring against you? It's unjust. My help cometh from the Lord. And the Lord is greater than them. All of them put together. 
Nothing can stop your dream, your ministry, your life, your money from coming. Nothing, not the devil, not the horde of demons. No one, nothing, no economy, no bad circumstance, no lack of opportunity, no lack of grades, no lack of scholarship, no lack of education, nothing. We have help. Our help comes from the Lord, which made heaven and earth. Well, David didn't have God in him. I have God in me. You have God in me. The Lord is in me. I look to my spirit when I need help. I'm not looking out into others. I'm looking in into him. Are you with me? Let's go to one last scripture. Oh, I'd like, there's so much to say, but we just can't say it all. Isaiah, I want to get out of Psalms. Let's go to Isaiah. This will be the last one. Isaiah 31. Now, during the darkest time of Amber and I's financial life ever, at least for me, she had uh, decided, and we had mutually decided, I'm not picking on her, to stay home. She's going to be a stay-at-home mom. She told me when I got married, when we got married, as we were talking about our whole life and our marriage, that she was going to be a career woman, money maker, all that. And that she kept her word on that until faith started growing in her tummy. And something happened on the inside of her. She said, I'm done with all that. <laughs> and, uh, well, we, we got immediately in a budget deficit, and the pressure began to really mount, and the bills just keep on coming. We, we didn't even think about humbling ourselves and lowering our standard of living. You know, my God, we're not going to do that. <laughs> no, we're not going to take a step down. And uh, so, you know, long story really short, uh, we took a home equity loan out because we'd been studying investing strategies in the market. And that's, that's a good thing to do. I, I still believe in it. I really do. But I'm a rookie and I'm under pressure. And I took out, we took out a $25,000 loan, equity on our home, which added more monthly payments. You know, you got to pay that back. Uh, and we did good for about the first three trades. And then we got prideful and overconfident and committed all of our chips and lost it all in one trade. And I'm having a bad day at the office at church. I'm supposed to be an associate pastor. And I'm distracted and under pressure. And another one of the associate pastors, one of my friends, I mean, I'm trying to hide it, but I am in anguish. I'm in despair. I have, oh my gosh, I have, we have lost money. And this associate minister walks up and says, you need to get alone with God. And he didn't know anything about school. You need to get alone with God and read Isaiah 30 and Isaiah 31. Maybe just Isaiah 30, but what we're reading in Isaiah 31, about a capsulation. And oh man, did God call me out. But look at this, Isaiah 31. And it says in verse 1, Woe, oh boy. Woe to them that go down to Egypt for help. Now Egypt is a type of what? The world. So what's going to happen? What to those who go to the world for help? Woe. You know, when God says, whoa, he means, whoa, means like bad. Woe to them that go down to Egypt for help and stay on horses and trust in chariots 
because they are many, and in horsemen, because they are very strong. But they look not, they look not unto the Holy One of Israel, neither seek they the Lord. People don't seek God because they're not looking to Him. Mm-hmm. Yet he also is wise and will bring evil and will not call back his words, but will arise against the house of the evildoers and against the help of them that work iniquity. Now the Egyptians, people in the world, are men and not God. And their horses flesh and not spirit. When the Lord shall stretch out his hand, both he that helps shall fall, the Egyptians, and he that is helped or holpen shall fall down, and they shall fail together. When we look to someone else other than God first, we're going to fail. Because the help becomes an idol. I said the help becomes an idol. Amen? And uh, you, you'd be doing good, I mean, to go back and read Isaiah. Isaiah 30 talks about you know, people that did this. They trust in horses. They go down to Egypt. They're trusting in man and not God. The Bible says in that passage that it shall be to them like a breach in their wall. And sudden destruction shall come upon them. Well, it came on me suddenly. But there's so much mercy in that chapter too. He said, so God just decided to wait until you get ready to return to Him that He might be gracious to you. Well, I had to go home and confess to my wife, you know, that we'd lost all that money. And uh, she was just such a trooper and just encouraged me and was so optimistic and hopeful. And that helped me a little. Amen. Amen. But then I repented to God for my foolishness. And uh, I thought I'd set our family back financially at least 10 years. And God had it all restored in less than two or three. Yeah, He didn't, it wasn't fixed overnight. But I learned a lesson to not get desperate and go doing foolish things, trying to be my own supply, but to humble myself and look and lean and depend on God and Him alone. Amen. And I'm still learning. I'm still learning. Amen. You know, if y'all all leave me tonight and you never come back, God, I'm still going to make it in the ministry. I'm still going to make it because I'm not looking to you. I'm grateful for you. But I'm not looking to you. I'm looking to Him. Are you? Amen. Father, we set our eyes tonight.